You're listening to the Build Assets Online Podcast. Learn how you You. can build a diverse and sustainable income online from two brothers who actually do it. Now, here are your hosts, Mike and Joe. All right, we're live. It looks like it. Here we are, Joe and Mike, buildassetsonline.com. We're back again. The uh, allergies here are in full force. The oak trees are pollinating, and we're answering 10 or more high-ticket dropshipping questions that we found in our comments that people have asked us and, of course, that uh, the audience has submitted. Todd, ta- yeah. ta- I can't see the... Toddy? Yeah, no, I can't. I thought you had a uh, 2020. I had. I thought I did, too. Maybe I got to revisit that. Maybe I got 2030 now. It's not good. It's 2022. I'm trying to yeah. make... You know why? Because this light is in my face. <laughs> Blinded by the light. Yeah, so we're in a new studio. And we're are we lagging? Oh no! No, we're good. Sure about that? I don't know. We're frozen. Uh, I'm trying to watch it here. One second. There we go. Yeah, we're good. Some stutter, but we're good. Stuttering. So, how does it look to the uh, the chat people? We'll we'll give it like two more minutes before we get into the questions. But um, how do we look to you guys, connection wise and and sound wise? Yes, let us know. Let us know. My phone on. Do not disturb. It's a good idea. Yeah, mine's on moon mode already. Moon mode. <laughs> oh. You know, Joe, I don't like this lumbar support. I feel like lumbar support is a scam in a lot of ways. Well, for me, my feet don't touch the ground in these chairs, so I feel like I need... Yeah, I feel like I want to... I need something else. Justin said we're good. Okay, cool. And Justin, elite fleet member, commenter. Kenny Cullen, all good. All so right. that's awesome. We're concurrent. We're uh, we're live. Should we should we start we're getting here. into some of the questions, and then we'll, we could start with the ones from the chat, and then we can yeah, we, we can go to the other ones. Why don't we do that? All right. So uh, that's all right. Okay. So ALB Lyric asks, how high should the margin between the buying price of the supplier and the selling price for the customer be? Is it harder to get suppliers for products over $5,000? Um, typically, I feel like in our experience, no, actually, I shouldn't say that because we've seen some really expensive product with some good margins, and then we've seen some really expensive product with some, with some bad margins. Just yeah, it thinking, definitely varies. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's a universal rule to, um, to that. But as we say in a lot of um, like our, our course material, and we talk to students one-on-one, it's better just to get the supplier and then see, because that's like the one thing that you will never know until you actually acquire the supplier. It can look like the best supplier on the outside, but then once you actually get into their system, you see that they're all a bunch of drunks, they, their <laughs> margins suck, and you know you have an issue, you try and come to them, they they suck. So, um, but back to back to your question, ALB. I think as long as it's over ten percent, then it's probably going to be worth your while. If you're making three hundred dollars on a five thousand dollar product. Um, it better be really easy to sell because the higher price point, typically the lower the conversion rate. Yeah. Just historically. So number one, you have to factor in how much does it cost you to make a sale, but also you're taking on that risk of, you know, floating that $5,000 and risking if there's an issue and they have to handle this $5,000 customer and you don't have that much that you're getting for it. You're only getting a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, I feel like what this comes down to, um, a lot of 
if you real, this is why we really encourage like getting into the business. You know, getting your uh, your hands a little dirty, proverbially, even though you're just typing on a keyboard and clicking a few, clicking a few things, is that it's hard to know how you want to run your particular business until you get the suppliers and you start getting the sales. So I remember for our second store that we made that we sold a lot a while back, um, we had two product types that were the same. One supplier was really good margins, really expensive. The other, the other supplier was a bit lower end, lower margins, less expensive, right. but it was still the same product type. Right. And I remember the biggest headache for the store was that we would just sell a ton of the um, the lower end product, and the margins were like ten percent. But we would just the chings were going crazy all the time selling this this cheaper and more inferior version of the product. And yeah. honestly, it was a pain. I feel like if we were to go back in time, I feel like if we, we ended up selling the store because at the time we didn't have the I guess you could say the, not the expertise, but we didn't really know how to handle that. We weren't really that good at hiring people, so we're like, just let's just get rid of the store. Um, but looking back on it, I feel like if we would have just cut the ad spend for that yeah. initial the, the supplier that we were doing the big volume on, but the low margin, and focused on the other stuff, then I feel like it could have been a lot better. Yeah, I was addicted to the to Chings for yeah. sure on that one because you're right and. That product was like nine hundred ninety nine dollars. We would sell them like hotcakes, yeah. but you're right. We only had ten percent margin on them. On top of that, they would not let us pay through credit cards. So we couldn't get the cash back, so we're taking the hit of the credit card fee, which right. is over two percent, and then we have to pay them, you know, by uh, check or whatever. So, and on top of that, we were also given like a five percent discount code. So we were making ten percent, taking five percent off the top. So we only had 5%, and then we were losing another 2, 2.5%. Yeah. So we, at the end of the day, we were only getting like 20 bucks, $30. Yeah, it ended up being crazy Like at the end of the day. So stupid. But you're just doing it because you hear the friggin' cha-chings, and you're like a, like a little rat in a, in a laboratory just getting hit with the dopamine. So all, all that to say, margin is important, but I don't want to discourage you from – Say selling a product that's five thousand dollars just because you make maybe three hundred, four hundred dollars on it. Right. It just has to work for you, and it has to make financial sense. If it's really easy to sell, it's just you know it goes right out the door. People don't complain. Then it's not a problem. I mean, that's still three hundred, four hundred dollars. People work their asses off for ten, twelve hours a day just to make that much money, and you're sitting here complaining that you know oh, my, my margin's eight percent. Yeah. So it all has to be in contact with your, with your store and with the supplier, how good they are, et cetera. Absolutely. I think, Nick, Nick you could zoom out a bit so we could see the amount of viewers. Yeah, I don't want to be talking to the to the void here. Yeah. I mean, we basically are, but <laughs> it's all good. So, um, and he said, is it harder to get suppliers for products over $5,000? I wouldn't say it's harder to get them, um, harder to become dealers for them. I'd say there's just less of them. Right. There's more people selling $500 products than there are selling $5,000 products. So uh, we'll go to Joshua Smith. Is it better to use a landline number and appear as a national and reputable business or a cell phone number to potential customers could text you instead of calling to get personal service? Well, you can just have a national number and you can get text to it through Grasshopper. Yeah. Grasshopper.com slash. I don't know. (laughs) Buildassetsonline.com slash Grasshopper. There you go. 
Yeah. Yeah, I love the texting feature on Grasshopper. Um, we use it all the time in our stores and our land business, everything. And it's like, I think it's, I mean, SMS marketing is like the next thing. Not that we really do a lot of it, but yeah. just for customer service wise, it's um, better than live chat because you have their number. You can like contact them later. If they if live chat, they leave your site. You can't get a hold of them. So Jack says the, uh, the link in the email is not the right one to the stream. So I tested it out. That's a problem. Um, Trevor says, any tips finding suppliers that have maps specifically? Well, you're not going to know for sure until you call them, but, I mean, if you're looking at a bunch of stores that sell a product for the same price, that could be a good indication. So that's that's pretty straightforward. Um, just give us a second while Mike checks checks that out. I'm going to pull up some of the other questions that we... Uh, oh, what the hell? That we, right. That we have here. It is the wrong one. Oh, no. Oh, no. Mike sent the that's... wrong link. Doesn't make sense because Apple checked it. Yeah. On like the first email, but then I copied it. So, yeah. Whatever. <clears throat> what can we do at this point? So, Connor says, How does sales tax work with drop shipping? I understand you need LLC and EIN to get supplier contracts. Do you need a reseller certificate, tax exempt certificate? Who do you charge sales tax to? Well, what I will say is that when you do get your LLC and EIN, so depending on which state you do it in, if you're in the US, you may or may not get a reseller certificate. So, for example, if you're in Delaware, there's no sales tax, and you're not going get to get a reseller certificate. But suppliers will generally be, you know, like they that's fine because you're in you're in Delaware unless they give one now. Um, so, but the, so who do you charge it? You definitely have to start charging it in your home state. Um, beyond that, it's going to be based on like thresholds and your statuses within the other states. But um, yeah, that's I mean. That's a whole that's a whole separate thing, but I guess what you need to know for getting started and then consult with your your CPA is that you need to be charging it in your home state a hundred percent. Someone has to pay the tax. Yeah, exactly. It's just a matter of who. And then as you grow into a bigger business, you know, you'll will depending on the volume, you know, the 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 amount of revenue you're doing in certain regions, you may have to do it in other areas as well. Word. Jack says Thank you for the great content, guys. What should we do when many retailers are selling below map and the supplier takes no serious action? The supplier has a high product demand, but I can't compete. Well, you really just need to treat that as if it's a, a non-map supplier, and we do see that happen from time to time, is that some suppliers will enforce really, really strict map. Some suppliers have map, but they really don't enforce it. So, I mean, if you can't compete, my question would be, do you think people are getting different margins than you? Because if usually with map, people have the same margins about. So I'm not sure how they'd be able to like price themselves so low that you can't afford to compete. So um, if you want to reply with that, then we can help you out more. But I mean, typically in those situations, even if you can still make money on it, you really just have to not be aggressive with it. If it has high product demand and you know, people aren't respecting map. You could still make sales, even if you're not the best price. Number one, just don't have like a price match policy for that brand. Just exclude them. Um, and then secondly, just don't be aggressive when it comes to spending money on ads. I mean, we've had a few products that have been non-map that we've sold consistently, but the key is you just can't be, you know, bidding a dollar per click or be bidding, you know, a lot of money because you just, you never know if someone's going to drop their price and it's going to, you know, throw you out of the auction and, all that stuff. Um, 
And then also, finally, I'll say text ads are good because people can't, like, with Google Shopping ads, they can just see the prices right there, and they're not going to click you if you're higher price. Text ads, there's not really a comparison um, situation, so they'll just they'll just click your ad, and then not everyone is, is you know, shopping around and getting crazy about who has this price, who has that price. Like, um, one of the products we used to sell, those um, conference tables we used to sell for, like, several thousand dollars. There was a yeah. point that they dropped their map, yeah, and we were getting out competed on price by like a thousand bucks and we would still sell them. And like, I had no idea that it wasn't map. Like I didn't really care about the store. I wasn't checking the price, but yeah, all the while we were getting, you know, do you remember? I remember one time we we were at our, our parents' house and we were, I don't know, for some reason we were in my room. I don't remember what we were doing, but like the, some lady called and she's like, yeah, I need 10 of these conference tables. Oh yeah. I remember that moment vividly. Sorry. I remember that moment vividly. And no, we made that sale. That was yeah. like, I don't know even how much money we, money we made on that. We sold like, yeah, we sold like 10 or 12 of these tables. And it was like a $24,000 sale. Yeah. I think it was 50% margin off, yeah, off for, the bat. Our so first, like, the, that, that store where we sold the conference tables was crazy like that. It's like we would make like five sales a month yeah, every month. But it always like earned consistently. And like like you said, we never, we barely ever checked it like. It was just we made this. It was kind of our first thing into drop shipping. It had, yeah. The store probably had like twenty to thirty products on it, and uh, worked well. Yeah, because when we first started, and that was our store, it was like impossible to know if we were actually doing things right or if we just sucked, or you know, if that was just the market. And it was the market because as we went on and made different stores, we saw like, oh, it doesn't have to be this difficult. Well, I wouldn't say it was the market. I would say. We just we were carrying such a small range of products. I feel like we could have wrote. Well, I guess we couldn't have based on our domain name, but I feel like we could have grown the store in many different directions. We could have, yeah, but I think just from that standpoint of, of the products themselves, they were very competitive and the costs were very high. Mm-hmm. So, if you take that, you know, if product the amount of products you have in the store is equal, yeah, for any of our stores, if we had a different store, it would have been much easier to make consistent sales. But this one we had it was it was really competitive but the margins were really good. Yeah. But the point is, I mean, back I guess we always talk about this point. It's like the competition doesn't really matter if you're going to just make a few sales a month and then make say $1000 per month on a store and then sell it later like right. You know, that and that I think that that gets into the next question. Um, well, well, we'll get to Robin's question in a sec, but I want to, uh, get to Justin's question because I feel like it's relevant, which is what's the next level for drop shippers, warehousing products, private label brands, multiple stores, just curious of your thoughts. So we talk about this all the time is once you can make a website, get traffic to it <coughs> and make the traffic profitable, the world of making money on, from your home computer opens up drastically. So what we like to think about is we're going in one of two directions. Once we figure out a business model that's working for us, it's what's the path of least resistance to expand this business model to, to get more out of it. And usually that's doing what you're already doing. So not warehousing products, not private labeling, making multiple stores. See if you can, so multiple stores would be the answer seeing if you can execute on the second or third or fourth store better than you can the first, the, the first one 
Yeah, and I'd say that that first store really inspired that way of thinking that we teach to all of our students and inspired us to go with the portfolio-type model of um, of building websites because that's what we felt like was the next best path forward. Like, we're like, okay, we have this ability now to go and create these stores and at least make some sales on them. Yeah. And so, yeah, it just turned out that that first store was some, – some stores are – you make them and they're high volume – and the path forward is just to increase your ad spend and see where that takes you. But some of them you have, and it's just a particular niche where it's really hard to, to scale. And so you have to accept that. And it could just be a store that's, you know, really passive, makes a couple sales a month, but they're big sales, and you get a lot of margin out of it. And one of our students, for example, one of our mentorship students, um, had he, he was in this, the same situation. He was in this really particular niche it was really high price point. Margins were good, but it was just uh, um, a product that was really hard to scale. Mm-hmm. And so I kept telling him this, and eventually he went and made a new store, and he saw that, you know, he, that second store he was able to make a lot more, a lot more sales and a lot more scalable. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about, but um, yeah, it's just that's how it has to be. And maybe that was uh, it was destiny. Otherwise, we might have just had one store. We might have been, you know, just build yeah. build one store online. Yeah, no, but yeah, I can't emphasize this 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 point enough is once you figure out how to do something, like you just have to do it again. And there's <laughs> going to be a time where you might want to add to that thing. So, before we 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 once we figured out, okay, the drop shipping with the Google Ads is working. We made four or five stores right away. We right. weren't thinking like we just basically wanted to throw as much out there as we could so we can get as much information back as possible on the ads. Right. Once we were comfortable with that, we're like, okay, we've already kind of taken this to, I feel like as far as we could take it comfortably because it reached the point where I feel like from a team perspective, we couldn't really manage it or we didn't really know what to do next with the ads or we didn't want to just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again because we kind of did it to the max that we could do it. That's when we started looking into SEO and that was in itself a multi-year project of trying to figure that out. So only you can really decide when you're going to take the next step, but you have to be careful of going into completely new territory, like, yeah. like private labeling products, because that's a whole new thing. Yeah. And if it's going to make you just an extra couple thousand a month, like it's not worth it. Like you might as well just make more dropshipping stores and sell them. Exactly. People want to always move on to like new things and they think it's going to be an easier path forward when changing up what you're doing it's like i shudder at that idea now because it's i have so many things that i'm already doing that i know how to do i just need to figure out how to do those things more rather than yeah. trying to like you you say okay warehousing products private labeling and justin i know you know whatever no, no no offense against you justin but like the amount of effort that that would take it may not seem like it but now you have to think about, okay, now I got to source this supplier. I got to source this warehouse. Who's going to run the warehouse? What happens if something goes wrong with this warehouse? It like opens up a whole new subset of issues when you just figured out how to run ads properly, how to get suppliers. And so you need to build off of those things that you already know how to do until you get to basically expert level, high level of proficiency. And then you could think about, okay, what's next? Because if you've done that properly, if especially with dropshipping, you just focus on ads and suppliers, literally, there's no reason you shouldn't be making as much money a month as, you know, you kind of want. And then yeah. 
you say, okay, now I'm happy with this. Maybe I want to I want to take this store to the next level, and maybe for that store, I'm to take it to the next level. Maybe I do want to private label something, or it's yeah. like a situation. But it, that's a situation where you're already comfortable, like you're yeah. already making enough money, and you have you've built up a, a very large asset pool for yourself before you decide to move on. Yeah. So, um, I was listening to an audio book today on the way on the way here. It's a pretty old audio book on investing. Uh, it's called One One Up on Wall Street by Peter Lynch. And one of the criteria he gives for like before you start investing into stocks, it's like, are you comfortable? Do you have a house? Do you need this yeah. money? Like, is it if you invest this into stock? Like, because the the point he's trying to make is like if you go into new things from a position of desperation, like trying to figure something out, you know, it's not going to work as well as when you're totally comfortable with what you were initially set out to figure out, mm. and then you get into it. You're going to be way way better off. Yeah, exactly. And I, we can't we can't harp on that point enough. It's like until you're expert level at doing yeah. dropshipping or whatever you hear about. And I want to say, and we recently, Mike, we recently sold another store um, on Quiet Light Brokerage. We're actually, I think, we're going to have um, the guy from Quiet Light on the show pretty soon, probably in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so it was a pretty pretty large dollar amount deal that we did. And so during that process, we talked to a number of people that were interested in buying the store. I don't know if you remember this, but one of the guys we talked to, he owned like a big, I think it was a drop shipping operation. Um, and I, oh, it, yes, 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 yes. Okay. And he basically, like, he just had, it was like a broad store and he had just tons and tons of suppliers and basically just Google ads. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember that? Yes, I do. And to that point, there's, there is no limit to the direction, to the amount that you can take drop shipping. Yeah. I think personally, I have a limit. Yeah. And I have a limit. <laughs> how much? Yeah. This guy had a, a place. I forgot where he was located, but he had a, basically an office building. Yeah. People in the office building answering calls. Yes. So he basically just took the process that we talk about and executed it to a very, very high level and just yeah. put in the infrastructure in place to manage the calls coming in and manage the traffic. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. So, you know, we're teaching you how to make a website, get traffic, get high intent traffic to the website. And, you know, we're going to teach you outsourcing as well. But from there, like it's really on you to execute. Yeah. I think for us, our bottleneck with that would be like accounting probably. You Not know. anymore. I think we could do it. All right, let's do it. No. All right, let's move on to the next question. Um, I want to get to that Siva question, but is it a good is it a good idea to have a broad store and try different niches under the same domain when we have the team to manage the job? Well, um, I don't like having a store that's too broad. So, Jack, I don't know if you're one of our students, but I, there is like a Goldilocks uh, level of broadness, right. in my opinion, because if you're selling too many, just a wide variety of niches on one store, I feel like it doesn't work. And what we see is... I see this all the time with our students. They try and go too broad, and what happens is they wind up skimming from the top from a bunch of different niches, and so they always they get like the worst suppliers. And so now they're running ads yep. for 10 suppliers that all suck, yep. too many different niches, their budget is too low, and so now they don't know. That, that screws them over right there. So what I'd rather see, you start with one store, couple different product types. You go really, really deep into those suppliers, you find like all the hidden product types that are there because they're always there. And then after that, 
you see where you can expand based on what's already selling. Right. I actually want to make a module in, uh, about this specifically in our course, Mike, because this is actually something I was thinking about yesterday, how there's like multiple dimensions to picking dropshipping products. And I feel like sometimes people skip over like the depth of it. So we talk yes. about, I don't know why we can't find the site anymore, but like a year or so ago, we found that site that was only selling sinks and they were so, and they Maybe were they like, shut down because they weren't making sales. I don't no, think they no, shut no, down. They were, they were popping. They were, yeah, they were on. doing good, but I don't, I, they basically had taken the sinks product line and gone so deep in it, but not every product line has that level of, of right. depth. But right. the point is, is like once you identify something like that, like sinks, like go all the way down, right? You know, because the more sinks you're carrying on your store, and it's like think about the customer experience as well. If I'm looking for a sink and I go to this this sink store, it's like oh wow, maybe I want this sink, maybe I want this sink. You know, the customer is going to spend more time clicking around and finding like the sinks that they want. So going deep is, I think, very very important, and I think we should. You know, that's something we should make a new lesson on, get more in depth about, right. provide some some examples on that as well. Because obviously, and then when it comes to the SEO module on, on our the modules on our course, that concept, I think, uh, is accelerated by that. Right. So you're balancing a few different things, right? It's like the depth of the niche versus you don't want to be in a niche that doesn't have that depth. And then you wind up screwing yourself over. You can't. I mean, you can't. It's okay to have multiple niches that don't have much depth, but when you do have the depth, I would go for the the depth. Right. If you get so, what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So that's why we say, all right, pick like three different product types max. Yeah. And then you see which one works because if you just start with sinks, maybe sinks suck. And then you've wasted all your time. You set up the sink store. Meanwhile, sinks have to, don't have good margins, whatever, colors, you know, right. out, out competing you. And so now you got to make a whole new store versus we've kind of, we've pioneered the, the pivot model where... If a niche doesn't work, you have sinks, you have tubs, you have, you know, whatever. Right. It's vanities. You can just pivot to whichever one is working, and then you can go deep on that. Right. Or whatever is related to that. Very, right. very closely related. So, yeah, right. we need to really kind of uh, flesh this idea out in a way that people understand. Because I think people hear us talk, and they, they think, okay, just broad store. I'm going right. to sell everything You know there. what we're going to do? when we I think after this, what we should do is... Since this store, this store is shut down now because so we're talking the second store we sold is now completely shut down. We yeah. sold it years ago, but it skipped had multiple <laughs> owners since then, and the recent owners just totally ran it into the ground. R.I.P. I don't know exactly what they did, but you know from what we understand, they were just not answering emails, just like terrible, terrible things. Um, but I think what we should do for our students yeah. is full well, dissection, post mortem. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We should go into Wayback Machine, open the store, talk about the, the the concept behind it, the idea behind it, the the depth of each product line that we chose. I feel like that'll be an awesome lesson for our our students. That in itself will be worth the, worth the price of entry alone. <laughs> yeah, if the Wayback Machine uh works. So, oh, it works. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's definitely do that because it's easier to illustrate when you have um you know, an actual store. And that, again, since we made it, it kind of, obviously all those ideas are actually in that store. So for sure. All right. Tiva 3008. Super dumb question for a little fun. Ha 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 ha. Could you guys buy a Tesla with your online asset? 
you could buy anything you want. I mean, you sell the asset, you have a large lump sum of cash. If you want to spend it on a Tesla, you could uh, you could certainly do that. He said, "Could we? Could you guys buy a Tesla with your online asset?" Uh, yeah, you could. <laughs> Teslas aren't that expensive. I mean, yeah. I don't know if this guy is trolling us or not. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, we both have Teslas. Okay. Um, well, that's yeah. That's the end of the questions. Right there. So we didn't even get it to our, our list of uh, commonly asked questions. So we can get we... into it now. Yeah. So um, why don't we pick one here out of the hat? And if you guys leave more questions in the chat, we'll get to those as well. Oh, we didn't get to Robin's question. Oh, okay. Okay. Move on. Uh, to Robin. What do you recommend as a foreigner, non US citizen, um, dropship in the US or stay in your home country? Any drawbacks to doing remotely? Well, I don't know which country you're from, um, but, you know, if you can manage to get a US bank account, U.S. business could do, I mean definitely do it in the U.S. Again, I don't know I don't know which country you're from, but yeah, I'd say there's a good subs like U.S., U.K., Canada. Yeah, those are all three solid places to drop ship. If you're in Australia, South, Australia, sorry. If you're in you know South Africa or Rwanda or you know wherever yeah. you are, it, it may not be the best place. So, didn't again. we have a student that was doing it in Sweden? We did. Um, I think he's still around. Uh, he was. He made some sales too. I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a while. I'll have to I'll have to find him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, in Europe, it certainly works. We had a student. We had a guy in Ireland that was doing sales Ireland as well. Works. So yeah. So yeah, I mean, in most developed countries, it should work. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, there's going to be definitely some tweaks you have to make in terms of contacting suppliers. You know, if may have to be a little bit more, like, negotiate a little bit more. But yeah. usually in, in other countries besides the U.S., there's, like, way less competition, which, you know, yeah. is, is good. Yeah, exactly. So there's drawbacks and, uh, you know, pluses in, in every country. But Yeah, it's obviously easiest for us to teach it within the U.S. because that's where we have most of our experience. I mean, obviously exactly. the Google Ad stuff still works. The SEO stuff still works. But, exactly. you know, it's hard for us to speak outside of what we know best. Yeah, and what we've seen our students do. So, um, yeah, that's that. So, let's get to some of these uh, other questions here. We have, should we start with number one? or? or? Yeah, so should you list your high-ticket dropshipping products on Amazon? Um, so, I feel like we know that people have done this. Uh, people were listed, so people, we, we know someone, we found sites that, not listed on Amazon, but listed on How's right? Basically, uh, yes. Let's yes, go. Let's go true. back to the Amazon question. Probably not because if you're running to, if you're running to any shipping delays, it's going to be really hard to manage on Amazon. And Amazon's fee is pretty substantial. It's like fifteen percent. So I wouldn't bother selling on Amazon. I'd say number one, if you don't have another Amazon business like Amazon affiliate or whatever that you you know you don't care about losing your Amazon account, go ahead. Um, and if you can afford the 15% fee and it's a product that is actually good, I wouldn't just like bulk list all my products on Amazon. That's like a huge way to just run into problems. But if I had winners, good margins, hopefully consistent shipping times, then, um, maybe go ahead for us. It wasn't worth it because we have Amazon businesses. You know, we had Kindle at the time too. So it was like, we didn't want to poke, poke the the bear. But it goes back to Justin's question. It's like, you're going, you're going into uncharted territory. Right. You know you've made sales on your website. You know you've done sales with Google Ads. 
you can go on to Amazon and maybe you'll get a little bit extra money here and there. But is that superior to making a new store? I don't know. You know, Joe, That's the question this is something ask. we've, um, I think just with anything, you know, you got a teenager, you tell them not to do this, not to do that. They're going to do what they want to do. And then eventually they'll come back and understand that your advice was sound. <laughs> yeah. Because if you think about our cousin, you know, all the times we've told him not to do different things in business, you know, not to give all this money for some stupid done for you, you know, service, whatever, and just, just do. And, um, this is just our wisdom now from, you know, years and years of doing this. So yeah, I think it's all right for people to, you know, go out into the world, make mistakes, but hopefully they just keep this advice in the back of their mind. It's hard advice to follow. I, I'm going to be honest with you. So we're, the advice is like staying on track with what you're doing and doing things you know how to do. I find myself doing new stuff all the time for no reason. Like last, yeah. like last night, I was like looking at expired domains to like buy and like, you know, do some SEO stuff where I merge different sites. And, I, and then I was like, after 20 minutes, I was like, why am I doing this? Yeah. I mean, we had to try different things for us to even get to the stuff we're doing now. You're right. I don't know. I'm having like bad allergies. <laughs> Maybe I got COVID again. Nice. Um, you threw me off there. I, yeah, so, I mean, we before we started doing dropshipping, we were doing a bunch of different things. And so we had to finally try this new thing. And, um, I mean, we start, we, I think we're known for doing different things. We got SEO, we got friggin' land, we have Kindle. Yeah. Um, but I think the point is that we've done so many of these things. It's like we realize, especially if you're just one person, you can't, you can't do too much, uh, especially right. out the gate until you've really mastered what you're doing and you can kind of do it right master what you're doing definitely one of our new students that joined he was doing a lot of different drop like he had a tried low ticket he tried a lot of different drop shipping methods and we were talking about them yesterday i was like look pretend like you know nothing and just yeah. execute on what we're teaching because once you start to mix and match too many different methods that's who um it becomes problematic whenever we we're not shy about the fact that over these past seven, eight years that we've been doing online business. I mean, how much do you think we've spent in courses for everything that we've done? 100,000, 50,000? More than a Tesla. Exactly. We've spent more on courses than we have on automobiles. Yeah, so, right. And But so whenever we do a course, especially now, we throw away everything that we've done in, the, in a, any previous course. If we're going to do something, you, if you're going to follow someone's like plan for, for execution, you have to follow it exactly. Right. You know, you try and mix and match things and that's where you run into trouble. And then, so it's like, it's hard to actually gauge if it worked or not because you've already messed with the formula. Right. Exactly. You can't be altering all these variables at once. So, um, let's move on to some of these other questions here. Best way to find untapped, uh, niches. Every high ticket mentor says, don't use the list you find online, but I swear those lists cover nearly every niche in some way. So it kind of goes back to what we were saying before, as far as like the, um, the hidden product types because yes, like there's, there's not that many industries, uh, like in the world of retail. I think there's quite a few. I mean, there's a lot that I would say that I don't even know. I, I'd say broadly, there's not that many, like a hundred <laughs> different industries. Right. Sorry. You're saying industries. Well, I'm my, point is, my point is like, okay, he's talking about these niche lists that, you know, people hand out. Right. And so we've done the most broad products, like the most generic products that you can think of, I'm sh surely they're on 
the niche list, but it comes down to number one, the suppliers you have. But number two, like if a, if a niche list has a product type on there, there's so many variations or like we call it like, we call it like shoulder niches. Right. That a, a product list could never cover because it's just like, right. so it would be too much. Right. So a common one on product list I think is like wine coolers. Exactly. And we've sold wine coolers. We have sold wine coolers. Don't do it. Because well, everyone tries to do it. We were successful doing it, though. Right. I wouldn't say it was our main moneymaker, but the point was that... It led us to other things. Right. So within yeah, within the, the wine niche, there are... So, like, you get into... Um, uh, what the hell? Not the sellers. What are they called? There are sellers. Like the no, 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 no. No, like, what are they... What are the places where you go? Is it a wine cellar? Yeah. People, you were selling like the. I remember the some of the like the filtration. Right. The so filtration. that's what like the, like the, there's like air conditioning units for the yeah. wine cellars. Right. And then within the, you have like the the racks that go with the wine cellars and like all these little stupid things. Right. So are you gonna put all that in a niche list? No, right. you're, you're not gonna find that stuff. But so those are your real money makers. Then you right. get into like right. the kegerators. So a good, a good way to think about this, I think, is and we're gonna go. Like I said, we're gonna. I think we're definitely gonna do this lesson. Sorry, these allergies are terrible. Uh, this week or maybe next week, we're going to dissect one of our old stores inside the course uh, to go illustrate this a little more. But, um, yeah, it, it's important to think about when someone lands on your site, like what kind of experience do they want Like when they don't know exactly what they want? Like if someone searches wine cellar or wine cooler into, into Google and they land on your site, like what do they want to see? Like, what's going to be the best customer experience for them? Like, you want to make it like they're walking into a store in real life that's not – it's not Walmart. Yeah. But it's also not a store that doesn't only sell – it's not wine coolers are us. Exactly. Makes sense. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's somewhere in between there. And you have like oh – I don't even – I don't know if this exists, but like cellar doors. You're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they say it's one of the most beautiful words in the English language. Cellar door. Why? I don't know. It's like a quote. They, I never heard so, that. Some author said that. It's like it's like the most uh, whatever. But you get the point is that there's so many different random things that you'll never think of um, just within one particular niche. And so that's the idea. And you can only find those untapped niches by being in the niche. Right. Otherwise, you're going to spend you're going to spend your time going from niche to niche to niche. And again, this is what we see our students do too commonly instead of just picking a couple product types and then they get in with those and then they see what works and then they go really deep into that. Right. And, um, even um, like the like the freezers. I think we made a video about this. Yeah, it was on our uh, like five high ticket drops. The commercial drops. freezers? Yeah. So there's like like uh, pharmaceutical approved freezers. and yeah, Nick, can you get me like some paper towels or something? Yes, sir. One second. Thank you. Sorry, this is this is inappropriate for the stream. I feel like my allergies are so bad. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in here. It's like a, a cat. Yeah, they might. Yeah, there might have been like some sort of animal in this room or something. <laughs> a chupacabra. Thank you. I'll be right shout back. out, shout out, Nick. Nah, I'm walking away. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I'm all alone. So, uh, Fred Robin says, "What CPC do you consider high?" I don't get branded clicks, even with $5 CPC. So in my opinion, that seems like a bigger issue than um, a high CPC because I can't imagine any niche where you wouldn't get any clicks with $5 CPC. It could be that I'm sure there's niches where, you know, clicks are like $12, 
um, but you could still get cheap clicks. You just can't get that many of them. So it seems like a bigger issue as far as um, sorry, I'm watching Joe blow his nose behind the camera and it's it's throwing me off. <laughs> yeah. So friend, if you're if you're in our course, I would say definitely reach out and um, let us know because I'd love to look at the, you know, look at your ads account and see what's going on there. Um, it could just be your campaigns are set up in some way that's throwing things off and you don't have a big enough keyword pool in your, um, your branded campaigns. So I don't want to get too technical on this stream. You back? Yeah, I'm back. I'm really excited about these new things we're going to do for people. Cause I feel like we go back, we look at our old stores, talk about the mistakes we made, what we did right, what yeah. we did wrong. I think it's going to be really, really helpful. And I feel like we're starting to, you know, to our students, um, we're revealing more and more. I mean, we got a blog site now that we feature in our, course we made as a demonstration it's almost it's making over 800 dollars a month now it's probably going to be a thousand yeah next month yeah and you know for so long we couldn't talk about these websites because you know the non-compete whatever yeah now that but, that's up yeah all, all out bets the window are all bets are off it's time to can't wait for can't wait a uh, couple more years to talk about some other stuff oh yeah yeah we really uh it's gonna age like fine wine as we in a wine cellar the more, yeah the more non the non-compete seller yeah oh so, Sean the Don, what's up? Tiva says, no troll. Ha, ha, ha. I love you guys. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, some of our first videos are in a Tesla, Tiva. Scotty Track. Hi, guys. Thank you for your live. How do you find products and niche ideas from France? Well, I think we just went in depth on that for about... Um, yeah. We went a lot in depth about that. I don't know if yeah. we can answer that again. Yeah, so, Scotty, I hate to just... Uh, blow off your question like that but we did just go off on that for like 30 minutes yeah so i would say maybe rewind because i don't want to bore um people who are already listening uh jack said do you recommend using services to help with invalid google ad clicks like clicksees we actually did try clicksees for quite a while and then um our credit card expired we had to get like a new one i never renewed the service yeah and i haven't noticed a difference okay so, I don't know. I, I was skeptical about it because I think what Clixies does, like if people aren't familiar with it, basically it's kind of, it sets up with your Google ads and your analytics, whatever. And so like um, if people, I guess to prevent like spam bots and stuff from like clicking your account and like clicking your ads and you, you, get, you lose all this money to like invalid clicks as it calls it. Mm. But I think it'll register if someone just clicks and then like bounces as... Um, like an invalid click, and then it'll it'll ban their IP from from. Really, that seems like a problem, right? So, yeah, because I mean, I'm sure we weren't getting like bot clicks at the time, but again, one of our first stores, we had um, something called Lucky Orange on it, where you could basically see all the the traffic that comes in. And I would just watch this traffic incessantly, like I would just see yeah everyone that's coming in and see what they're doing. Majority of people would just come in, look for something in, like one second, and then leave, but. That doesn't mean they're not going to come back later. It doesn't. People are, you know, we're in the TikTok era, so people, they have no attention span, but so at least they get in the door, they bounce, they're on your retargeting list, and you can retarget them later. So I don't know if Clixies, like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah. Is my is my uh, thoughts on yeah, it. I would agree with that. How yeah. much do you think it does worth to pay for general clicks? I don't understand. For general clicks. I wouldn't pay for general clicks. Like, what does that mean? Like a generic, oh, cost generic per, cost per click. Okay, 
I think it depends on your margin, right? Plus 10 cents, 20 cents. Yeah, it's like, how much do you think it's worth? I mean, it's worth however much, depends on how, you know, the cost to get a sale. You have to adjust based off that. Yeah. We're down to six viewers, Mike. It's almost at an hour, 45 minutes. The video is having trouble maintaining smooth streaming. What's going on here? Yeah. You're yeah, good so. up until then. Strop, but we were good up until then. No, I'm just messing around, but... Yeah, I mean, this could be a good time to uh, yeah. call it off. I mean, we didn't even get to majority of our questions, but... Save that for another day. Yeah, I think we got to... We saw from the people live the top questions concerning yeah. dropshipping. Yeah. A lot of it had to do with niches and uh, product selection and stuff like that. And, Joe, I mean, even like like we talked about before, so many people search like high-ticket dropshipping products or just like dropshipping products. Yeah. I think it is a huge pain point. Yeah. Is all right. They understand dropshipping. They maybe they believe that it's a good way to make money, but what do they dropship? Right. And so maybe this needs to be our uh, our life's mission. Well, yeah, I think we're gonna expand on it. We're gonna. We will. I think in the course we're gonna reveal stores that we that we've sold that we can that are out of non compete at this point. Talk about in-depth what we did and uh by life's mission i mean we're gonna make a video on it yeah all right why don't we end the stream here maybe we could take these questions if we have time and make individual videos on those i mean yeah we'll see good idea all right guys well this was good um a lot better showing this time appreciate it so hopefully you guys enjoyed of course if you want to see that video where we reveal one of our stores that you know one of our big dropshipping stores that we sold we're gonna talk about the pros the cons everything yeah. and of course our entire business model broken down. Buildassetsonline.com slash playbook. Check that out. Anything else to say? Take it easy. Thanks for listening to the Build Assets Online podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget, subscribe, share, and leave us a rating on whatever platform you might be listening from. And if you're ready to learn how to build your own online business portfolio, start now by visiting buildassetsonline.com slash playbook. We'll see you in the next episode.